This episode of How Is Your Run Today was brought to you by Path Projects. First off, I think Shirts, you're making fun of me. Hats. I think you're making fun of the way I do it. And also it's just you made an, it. I have my hand to my ear in nope. pro announcer style. No. This episode of How Is Your Run Today no. was brought to you by Path Projects. No, that's not. And also you made it past tense. This episode of How Is Your Run Today is being brought to you by Path Projects. Please visit pathprojects.com. There, that's the way you do it. This episode of How Is Your Run Today was recorded remotely and safely. We hope soon we'll be back at the WGBH studios at the Boston Public Library. Just steps from the finish of the greatest marathon in the world, the Boston Marathon. But until then, wear your mask, stay six feet apart, and be safe. And now... Without further ado, here are Brian and Peter. Hi, Peter. It's Brian. Hi, Brian. My run was great. Your run was great. I know we both had great runs today. That's terrific. We have uh, two big guests today, two big interviews. We got to get right to them. You want to set that up? I should do it. How do you want it? We just got to go to it. Well, we've been teasing it all spring, all summer, all fall, such as it is. We talked to Laurie and Paul. Lori Michener and Paul Chekel, two monster runners who we were so lucky to meet that first year that we ran Millinocket and we became fast friends. They've become friends of the show. They've been on many times and I'm speaking so fast because this is a really long, really intense, really wonderful interview with both of them. And it really speaks to, I don't know, the tenacity of the human spirit, why we run, how much training it takes to want run one race, why people do things that are hard it's absolutely about the human condition about the support we need from other humans both sides of their story are riveting and uh they were so generous and we were so fortunate to be in their kitchen for as long as we were this past weekend to get quite raw uh emotions and stories and it was excellent and i hope everyone is planning for a long run because this one's clocking in kind of uh kind of big. So go get your miles in. And I hope everybody here's the here's the things that they're saying. Do you know what I'm saying? Running brings us together is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's very solitary. And it's not solitary at all. Well said, my friend. I'll see you on the other side of this thing. Lori, you ran uh, in a race called the Badwater 135. And I think most people know that this is a 135-ish mile race across the hottest stretch of desert in the world. And there's some elevation involved. It's very difficult. It's not a stage race. It, it all happens at once. You, you don't get any sleeps uh, during this race. And you do have a crew. But it's very elite. In fact... How many people ran it this year? How many people run it every year? There are 100 entries available, I believe, at the start line this year. There were 84. How is it that you came to be qualified to enter and run this race, Badwater 135? I won the Florida Keys 100, which 
gets you automatic entry into Badwater. But when was that? That was that was back. That was in, in 2019. So right. I was automatically in for 2020, which of course was canceled, like the rest of life. Mm-hmm. And then everyone who was entered in 2020 had the option to run in 2021 or 2022. And given that you were hoping that it was going to happen, um, of course, the pandemic has played games with all of our calendars and all of our events. You did train for this race. And of course, you ran a lot of miles. It's a 135-mile race. But what were some of the unique features of your training specifically for Badwater? Specifically for Badwater, I did a lot of infrared sauna training, so so six days a week for an hour, sometimes up to two hours, I'd sit in the sauna. It's 151 degrees. (laughs) Now, wait, I have a question. (laughs) She said 151 degrees. (laughs) I, I mean, I know I have two or three saunas I can use whenever I want. But I was just curious, like, how, how how did you find a sauna that you could get that much time in? And also that hot. I don't think I can turn up a sauna at the gym to 151 You probably degrees. can't turn up a sauna at the gym. And where does the infrared hot? part come in? So the infrared is just a different way that the heat's generated, right? So it actually cooks you a little bit more. It's like a microwave? <laughs> sort of. Sure, we'll go with that. Infrared and and microwave, not the same way. Not not even a little bit, but it's Saturday, and I did physics yesterday, and I'm not doing it again. Mm -hmm. So, the infrared gets you, it's dry, right? So, you go to the sauna at the gym, and it's it's like a steam sauna, right? So, they actually get, some of them can get a little bit hotter, and you're steamy and gross. This is dry, and you just, yeah. So, it's. So, is it sucking moisture out of you? Oh, yeah, like, is just, moisture like leaving your eyeballs? Yes. Okay. And how long would you stay in 151 degrees? Anywhere from an hour to two hours. Uh. Now, a little bird got into my ear and asked um, uh, about the cream that you would use. Oh, right. So, there is a cream that it's called sweat cream. It's, it's a product that's put out by the same people that run the sauna that is actually... It to promote... Exactly, to promote sweating. And occasionally, we would also put a space heater inside the sauna. Stop it. No. Would that (laughs) even make a... Here's the thing, though. Would that even make a difference? Does that even make a dent? Oh, yeah. It does? Yeah. So what would that crank it up to? Like a good 170? Well, So it tops out at 150, like the the thermometer. That's all it can do. I'm sure it was hotter than that. And then this cream generate helps your body generate more sweat out so that you're depleted more because that's what the goal here is right you're trying to train yourself to feel this dehydration i guess well we i would no i would definitely go in there with tons of hydration right a you're, lot you're of, just full of fluid yeah tissues just, are nice and sweat full. It out. so basically it's just to get your body used, used to, to the process the process sweating cooling off exactly so we drank a lot of lmnt sure the show is not sponsored by LMNT, although if they want to send us some, that'd be fantastic. That'd be fine. Agree. Watermelon flavor is excellent. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, six days a week, monster hot sauna. Was this before a workout, after a workout? How, how did the running fold in here? 
Uh, there were a few times I ran to the sauna, <laughs> although it's not. There's not really an easy way to get there from here. Uh, but before it's closer to work, so mm. before running, after running, what have you, whenever. But how do you book that much time in it? How do you know it's going to be yours to use? You just book it. You just do. Yeah. It, it's a service. You so can just have the, it. The place we went to, went to is yeah. a place called Active Healing in Beverly, and they have a whole host of sort of alternative therapies. So you would just book the sauna for, you know, typically a session is 45 minutes, but I kind of explained the shenanigans because, I was up to. Because so you needed book, it for a very specific purpose, but what do they really use that for? Is it just for people to go and mellow out in? Yeah, they say that there are other, you know, therapeutic effects of sure. sitting in the sauna, like in, in boosted immunity and relaxation, detoxify, blah 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 blah. Um, but so. you were using it for such a dedicated purpose. They don't. They, they probably hadn't seen that. Correct. It's fascinating. Correct. So, we did that, and so we bought a monthly package, so you could go in as long as you booked it. You could go in and do that. So we took advantage of some of the other options that they had so they have something called a PEMF mat which is essentially um, this mat that you would lay on and it has it sends an electrical charge right so you can't use it if you have a pacemaker but short of that you're fine and it reduces inflammation and I think actually I was sold on it what is this product it's a PEMF pulse electromagnetic field and so we would lay on that. And then they also had something called a um, total body vibration machine. And you could put on an oxygen mask. So you'd be shaking with and getting, you know, not pure oxygen because you blow up, but you know. Pretty clean oxygen. Yes. Yes. They're shaking you so that you get oxygen everywhere. Literally, <laughs> open up, yes. Open up all the capillaries and whatnot. Exactly. Open everything up. Get exactly. right in there. Wow. And so I don't think I would have tried those other things had mm-hmm. I not had that package. But I, I think the whole boat. I mean, bad water is bad water, right? So try all it all. Hand, all hands on deck. Mm-hmm. If 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 I felt like it was going to work, I'd at least try it, right? So I did a lot of that and running. Now for regular running, regular running. All the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles that you trained, were you also heat training while you were running, or were those normal runs and the heat training was really in the sauna? I did not heat train while I was running as much as I did leading up to 2020. Um, I, I would, so there was no like running around with my garbage suit on, mm-hmm. right? The 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 plastic plastic that, suit right yeah. exactly uh, but yeah so the short answer to that was the running was for running and the heat training was for heat training and what about the other ele- or another element of training which is uh strength work or or anything like that I, I know i saw some pictures on social media with you wearing a weight vest what was that all about i did wear the weight vest quite a bit running up and down the hills and that was just to... Because there's three mountain passes at Padwater. <laughs> so it's not just the flat desert. Eh, no, that's a lie. Don't let anybody tell you that. It's a desert and three mountain passes. That is true. Wow. 
Wait a minute. So <laughs> that sounds terrible. Now, were you feeling really good though going into sort of the last uh, say month before the race? Were you feeling good? I was feeling ready to do it. Right. You were ready to go. Okay. Had you ever been to the location before? No. Okay. Okay. But I've been to Namibia, so everybody says that uh, it looks like the moon or outer space. And mm-hmm. I, but like the hot moon, not the cold moon. Right. I'm like, no, Namibia is outer space, mm-hmm. not bad water. Right. And I still, I still think that. But there are definitely, there's a reason that they, you know, shoot movies out there mm-hmm. that are meant to be uh, otherworldly. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like you had a great time and everything was fine and nothing went even kind of off pace or weird and that's it. Thanks a lot. Cool. But no, something happened just before you went, would you say? Yeah, nine days before the race, I was on a taper run and I stepped in a pothole. Were you wearing a weight vest or were you in some kind of aluminum suit? No, it was just a straight up normal taper run. You were tapering. Taper run. Could you have even just done without that run? Could you have not done it? Yes. Okay. Well, but. No, but we don't know. We don't just know. go. All right. So. And, step in a hole at any. And was it a taper time. on like a 17 miler taper run? Well, or was two it two miles into it. It was You were two miles into what was going to be what? A six? I don't know. Who what, cares, exactly, right? Exactly. I don't even remember. Just going to do it. What month were you in? Was that July? Yeah. Okay. And then, oops. July 10th. Was it July 10th? Was it, what time of day was it? 10 o'clock in the morning. Oh, you had the whole day to deal with that. And you knew something happened. Instantly. Oh, man. What, what was it like? I was like, oh, my ankle's broken. I just broke my did you go I've da- broke it twice before. Did so. you go down? Did you have to like lay down for a second? Or Yeah. yeah. Well, I was on Route 1. Yeah. So I had to like make sure I was, well, I debate. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I got out of, you know, made sure I wasn't in, you know, traffic. Were, or yeah. What were you near? The cabaret. I know right where you were. Exactly. Were you on the, cab- okay. were you on the wow. cabaret side? I was on the cabaret side. Oof. There's a sidewalk. So everybody yeah, yeah, that's yeah. freaking out saying, why are you running on Route 1? There's a sidewalk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If anyone wants to know the cabaret is what they used to call in the 70s, a gentleman's club. I'm just going to leave it at that. Still an operation. It certainly is. And at 10 a.m. it probably was an operation. <laughs> probably pretty busy. Yeah, I hate to say it. Yeah. Um, okay, so you immediately know something's amiss. Uh-huh. And um, how do you get home? I called Paul. Paul was not the first call I made, but I called Paul. And you got home. You went to the doctor, I suppose. We went immediately, because we were supposed to go to the sauna, we went immediately to the active healing and, and tried laying on the PEMF mat. Mm-hmm. Um, so wait, you jack up your ankle. You know full well you've jacked up your ankle, right? Correct. You know it. You're 100% sure. So you don't address that per se. What were they going to do? Well, I don't put you in something to restrict your movement and to, I, I don't know. Well, we got there, but I figured the first thing to do was deal with the inflammation. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. All right. 
And then did you seek medical advice? So I saw some doctors that I work with, mm-hmm. and they said, yeah, that is an avulsion fracture. Explain that. An avulsion fracture is a fancy way of... Saying your ankle's all jacked up. Saying you use so much torque on the ankle joint that a piece of the bone snapped off and is attached to the tendon. You asked, I'm telling you. So it's like having a bone fragment in your tendon. Yeah, you broke a piece of your ankle off, but that piece is still attached to the tendon. I'm assuming there's some pain associated with that? Yes. Like weight-bearing pain? Probably non-weight-bearing pain, like, wow, it just sort of aches all the time. Yeah. But stepping on it probably feels great. Excruciatingly so. Okay. So you had a, some hard decisions to make. Did I? I don't. I don't think she did. <laughs> I my decision. Well, no. I you know what? I can't even tell you what my decision would be because I have never dedicated that much time and effort to anything in my life uh, as you did for Bedwater One Thirty Five. So um, you made a decision. I did. I decided. I would go. Mm-hmm. So the doctors that I work with showed me how to tape it. Mm-hmm. They weren't. Ha- they. They were saying they said this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea, but we know you, and we know you're going to do it anyway. So this is how you tape it. Mm-hmm. And they use in the physical therapy side of their practice, they use something called katsu. It was Rich Roll was just talking about it. I'd never heard of it before, but so they gave me a portable katsu to take with me that I used like right up until a couple hours before the race. What what is this? So what is katsu? It basically you know like the Normatec boots that people mm-hmm. have. So it's like that, but it's a band that you can put on your legs and on your arms, and it goes through a cycle. And allegedly, it. By restricting the blood flow while you're working out, it increases the amount of nitric acid, which and then in turn can actually generate stem cell growth for regenerative purposes, so for healing. So you're causing a little extra trauma, supposedly, or something? Sure. To cause a little more healing? Yeah. It sounds like. Yeah. And? And? How did it feel? Like, eventually, we know you went to Badwater. I went to Badwater. You got on the plane. You flew out there. With half the people I thought I was getting on the plane with. We're going to get to that. Okay. So I know from pictures you were in some sort of boot. I had a walking boot. And did it feel okay? And crutches, which Paul left at home. That's hilarious. Did the walking boot feel okay? Or were you like, no, this is really painful. Yeah, how was walking in the walking boot for the, the week or two before the race? I laid in bed a lot. Okay. So you just said... Body, heal thyself. Please. Hmm. And it was a different kind of taper than you're used to. Slightly. <laughs> right? Because you probably would have stayed active yeah, right up until the day. Yeah. Sure. Right. So that must have been... Um, suffice it to say, you were probably going through a lot of mental uh, thoughts. You had a lot of thoughts. I had a lot of thoughts. You were you you had been working on this race for many years, not only to qualify for it, but then to train for it and be there and to be the best version of Lori that you wanted to be, and then you were lying in bed with a busted ankle. But yeah. you decided to go. 
and you got on the plane and I assume you had no idea how it was going to go once you landed there. So if I'm being honest, I kind of thought in the back of my head way back where that it was going to be okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Self-preservation, delusion, pick one. Mm-hmm. Like maybe it'll just by the time I get there to the start line, it, it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. How did it feel? Terrible. And you, when did you actually take the boot off for the first time? And when it was time to put on the Andrea Bonnie Gold special. Badwater sneakers. Yeah, so the artist in residence. Mm. Um, They're lovely. They're lovely. Decorated uh, the Hoka running sneakers for you. So the boot was on from right after the injury until right before you, it's, you put the sneakers on to run. That's true. And that was when you put your foot down for the first time in just a sneaker. Yep. What kind of socks were you wearing? I actually was wearing these exact socks. Oh, those Fe- features, features? Yeah. yeah. And you were fully wrapped. Yeah. Was it swelled at all? Yeah. Okay. And how did it feel Terrible. when you were walking to the start line? Uh, it was pretty bad. When were you the most like, oh, I don't know? You know, when did you question it the most? So, Bob Becker, who was the race director of the keys 100 was there and if you ever get the chance to meet him i strongly recommend it he's fantastic and he's hysterical he's great so evidently he didn't know i was injured and he'd been like holding court at the bar a couple nights ahead of time and was like Lori's gonna win and i saw him as we were going to the car and he's like what are you doing I said, I'm in your wave now because there are three waves, right? That basically, the faster you are, the later you, you, your wave is. And I was in the last wave. And I had reached out to Chris Cosman and said, like, can I please start at 8 o'clock? That's the first wave because like, we both know I'm going to time out, but like, can I try, <laughs> please? So he very graciously was like, absolutely, start at 8 o'clock. It'll be fine. I hope you're not sandbagging. He was kidding, right? So mm-hmm. he was like trying to like, right. you know. So when I saw Bob out in the parking lot and I had to tell him that, I don't know who was more upset. <laughs> like me or he was like, oh no. Wow. I was just like, I felt like I was like letting him down. Of course I wasn't, but like I just was like, yeah, that was pretty bad. Well, it was his race where you qualified. And he was at Daytona when I wanted to quit and was like, you still have a lot of ways to go. You never know. Just keep going. So I love Bob. So we get down to the start. And I just, they do the national anthem. And it was so windy this year. Like, I think that's one of the things, if you read any race, but it was so windy. I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe it is like another planet. And it hurts so bad. And I had seen a few other runners that I'm friends with and like, you could have come back next year. And I'm like, no, it's fine. Like, it is what it is.
and I just walked because you're literally at the basin and I just walked I didn't even try to run and it hurts so bad and I think my body was just trying to regulate and my mind I was just trying to wrap my head around how much pain it was going to be because I still believe that they bought a chair for the back of the car to sit in ne- never happened right because I really remember arguing with them like like four miles into the race I just need to sit down I just need to sit down and they I didn't I don't think I don't really remember I okay I laid down what I, I whatever he says I, I'm sure happened because I have no idea it took like seven hours to do the first 13 miles mm. and I really don't remember any of it when you hit that marker the 13 the first half marathon the 10% of the race uh, what what thoughts were going through your head so you you climb up out of the basin so it's like 13 up not not super steep or anything but it's up and then you pass by where the hotel the resort where everyone stays is and then it's like I think it's like a gradual it's like flat and then a little bit down and also I was thinking was like can I just get to the hotel and just Mm -hmm. be done Mm -hmm. because I can't do this And, and you have to turn, you have to make a left-hand turn at where it sort of flattens out where the hotel is. And I just turned and I was like, whatever, I'm just going to run now. So I ran. So something happened. I don't know what it was. Something happened. But that's how running is, right? So I'm like, oh, okay, maybe it's not going to be so bad. So I ran through the night. Um, it was kind of cool. I'm you know, was talking to people that the jester, I can't think of his name in real life, but he's run, that was his 10th Badwater and he talked to me for a little bit and this is great. You guys know who Pete Koselnik is? So he's a Hoka runner. He's amazing. He runs super far across mm-hmm. the country, whatever. Oh my goodness. And I could, he's very, very tall and I'm a nerd. So I like, I'm a nerd. I'm not a stalker, right? So he goes running by me <laughs> and I'm like, oh, here, Pete Koselnik. Oh my God! I was like, you know, <laughs> nerd. And he, he, there's only eighty of you, there's right? But good, we all go off at different times, right? I know, had, but you're likely to know people. Sure, but he obviously doesn't know mm-hmm. me, right? So right. he turns around and, and he's like, "What's your name?" He's like, "I am Pete." He's like, "What's your name?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm, I'm nobody." I'm like, "Have a great race!" And he just turns. He goes, "Everybody, somebody, what's your name?" And I was like, "I just, it was, it was totally cool." Because there, there are other elite athletes mm-hmm. there that, like, as they went blowing by, I said, you know, congratulations, you're doing great, and nothing. Right. So, whatever. Right. Um, A connection is, was made. Yeah, and, and it, I'm sure he was like that to everybody that, mm-hmm. that spoke to him, and, and to, like, fast forward, Harvey Lewis, who, who won, had come back out and was, like, waiting right before Lone Pine to, like cheer you on yeah that's nice that's it was pretty cool so let's back up just a little bit yeah yeah because you just spoiled it get no get, no no i did not anybody with an internet connection knows how this story ends 
back up to getting off the plane. Now, you mentioned a crew. One member of that crew, Paul Chekel, is sitting with us right here. Uh, I know that you had two other members of your crew that arrived. I know them as the running gator and Maurice Marathon Panda. That's correct. But apparently your crew was supposed to be larger. So we had one other crew member. So our flight left Boston at 6 a.m. 2.30 in the morning we realized the other crew member couldn't come because we just had stuff. Oh, man. So that was rough. That was pretty sad. And then Maurice... Missed the plane. Oh, gosh. Like full on. Didn't Missed get, the plane. Just didn't get there. No, he got there. <laughs> I love you, Mo. He is not a frequent flyer. He didn't quite understand the whole check your bag thing process. And he got his bag tag and then took his luggage that he was going to stow in the security line with him. Mm-hmm. And so that caused... So he was at the airport, but he missed the plane because... The, you know, they'd already put all the luggage in the plane and whatever. Yeah. So he got on the last flight out that night, luckily, and mm. he had a $420 Uber from Vegas. Oh, oh. Cause Cause he, we call that the stupid tax. Because he was going to get in, I assume, your rental car, right? Here's Correct. The, that's the bad and bad water right Whoa. there. Yeah. Yeah. Ouch. Do you, and t- we, do you and tip? We, how how do you did. tip for that? He did tip. And we, we offered to like split it, and he yeah. was like, no, it was my mistake. I got it. Yeah, you got a tip on that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, nice. And so... So you had a three-person crew. Mike Ryan, who is the running gator, Mm -hmm. who we met at the Keys, and who was also uh, on my crew at Daytona. And then even though he ran like... 50 miles at Daytona we he got up the next morning and did the the beer mile so god bless him love that guy love him to death Mm -hmm. uh yeah he he ended up running a lot Mm -hmm. air quoting here running a lot at Badwater but he's he's a good guy so he was like what can I and so of course he knew everything that was going on in the time leading up to it he's like what can I do and he he showed up at the airport and gator costume, full-on gator costume. And it's Vegas, right? So these little kids run up to him, and he's like, I'm a gator. And this little kid says, you're not a gator, you're a fake dragon. <laughs> so if you ever get the, the opportunity to meet my grind in real life, you can just tell him he's a fake dragon. Hashtag fake dragon. That's correct. In the best of circumstances, when you're at your peak, what's essential out of a crew? What do you need out of a crew? I need the crew to feed me, tell me I'm pretty. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Your pallor looks great. My pallor looks great. I need the crew to feed me, keep me moving forward, make sure my, at a race like Badwater, make sure your electrolytes are in check, Mm -hmm. and run behind me. And when you're not at your best, when you're having maybe the hardest race of your life, what do you need out of a crew? I need them to feed me, run behind me, and not let me quit. Did you have a lot of those conversations during the race? We did. And never be the smartest person in your crew because your crew might not be able to do math. <laughs> oh, were you able to do better math? No, none of us were able to do math. No one could do math. Did no one bring a calculator? No one had oh, race they, math. They had their calculators, hand, you know, they had the abacus out. So we were hitting all the cutoffs, and then they realized, oh, there's no way we're going to meet this last one. Mm-hmm. 
That was pretty traumatic. Okay, so but bring it was because they had the math wrong. So bring us back. You you began running running and you ran through the night yeah. somehow. I still don't know how that happened. And you make the first cutoff. Yeah. Which is what? Fifty miles. And and Chris Kosman, the the race director for Badwater, I love that guy. He I don't know who was more surprised, him or me. And he saw he like whipped his phone out. He's like, let me get a picture. When you got to 50? Yeah. If he saw you at the start. He did. Well, yeah. He wasn't expecting to see you there. No. You were going to go to the hotel, remember? I was. Yeah. Yeah. I was. Have so, a lie down. And then I just was like, well, I'm just going to keep running until I time out. Okay. So you're going to let the system knock you out, yeah. essentially. Yeah. I, yeah. But not you. Right. The, the I'll just go until I don't meet a cut off. Yeah. Until someone taps you on the shoulder and say, stop now. Right. So after 50, what were the next 50 like? 50 to 100? Well, that's not really a fair, just because of the topography. So okay. you're at 50 and you've been climbing uphill, right? So there's a 17 mile up and the 50 is kind of like two thirds of the way through it. But you get to that 50 and you're so elated, mm-hmm. then you think it's going to be down. No, honey. No. It's all up. So it's still up for like six more miles. And... It's kind of windy and whatever. So we just were like run walking at that mm-hmm. point. Emphasis on the walk until we got to the top. But then when you get to the top, then you look down the whole way because you're just going to descend now, right? So Paul ran that and we were running at that point. Mm-hmm. Running that part with me and that was awesome. Like, so f- running downhill, yeah. What was that feeling like on your leg though? So here's the thing. Like normally, right? Cause, so the ankle that I busted, like... That's my good leg, right? The more dominant one. Yeah, because I broke the other one in five places. Yeah. So that's the one, if you see pictures of me that the knee taped, that's the other leg. So I think I was just in so much pain and I wasn't pushing like I normally do. Like my knee was not a problem, even on that downhill. Hmm. Probably because I couldn't go fast enough to make it be a problem, I guess. Um, so we Also, you trained like a monster. That could be. So everything else in your body was primed, and you were at some percent. You were you were putting your 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 output level was somewhere below a hundred percent because of your ankle. Yes. Right. So nothing else was going to hurt because it was like you were basically sitting. So I've broken twenty six bones and I've birthed three children. Not at the same time. No. <laughs> However, if that's you, the worst race yeah, ever, that's, took, that's race. harder that's, than one thirty-five. That's harder. You, yeah. No, I don't think so. No, if you if took, you had done them all at the same time, if you took all that pain, <laughs> it, I think it was worse. Really, for forty-five hours. I think mm. that's why that first half, like that first seven hour, like I think I think my body was just figuring out how to manage it or my brain was figuring out how to manage it so even when you said you you and paul were running downhill and the rest of your body wasn't hurting did you ever have a step where you weren't aware of your ankle no (laughs) did it interfere did the amount of pain ever interfere with you taking in nutrients no so you never felt nauseous in that sense no and and the heat was not a problem either so you were primed for that um yeah how hot did it get? 117. So not not a terribly hot year for bad water. And no bad weather, meaning like uh, inclement anything? 
Was it all? No, because there, there can be hail, but we didn't get any. But you didn't experience any change of massive shift in temperature in the topography? Well, when you, when well, you get down, when you're yeah, coming yeah. down and you get into right that the, the, the belly of, of the beast, if yeah. you will, right before you get to Panamint Springs. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it was hot, but if you've seen the, the videos and the documentaries, like people are like laying in ice tubs. This is about me, right? It's not about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not need any of that. Mm-hmm. I would not have needed any of that. I gotcha. But there again, I wasn't. Pu- if I was pushing as hard, maybe I would have, but I wasn't. And so there's that. Where are you on the whole have to change socks, blisters, any of that stuff? Well, we changed the dressing. I, so I brought three pairs of shoes. I used all of them more than once. Um, three, two pairs of uh hoka carbon x and one pair of hoka clifton edge and so i found with the ankle i love the clifton edges are great i couldn't with this ankle the way they ride i couldn't really do it so i was rotating just between the the carbon x's Mm -hmm. they have the carbon plate so that was probably helping sort of regulate things i had blisters like i've never seen before well you probably had a different gate i had a different gate there's a ton more walking and it was super hot and so sweat and whatever but yeah um we decided to take the the wrap off and that was sort of like oh this could be it right but it was it was rubbing and like causing so the wrap was causing more right so i'm like we'll just redo it and we took it off and we were expecting it to just mushroom and it didn't it actually Hmm. looked better than when we started so did you read rabbit oh yeah okay yeah and new socks and off we went so we ended up having to do that three two more times times. and then i couldn't feel the bottom of my foot at all Mm -hmm. which you would think would be a reprieve but not really so then i ended up putting on um a a brace that i had had from when so i ran the jfk in 2015 shortly after not as, not as close to time period, but I was dealing with the resolving avulsion fracture. So I put that brace on. Um, it helped, but it, my, it, I didn't get feeling back in my the bottom of my foot for a few days. Wow. I mean, I've had my feet fall asleep while I'm running before, and it's, it's unsettling, not because I think anything's going to happen, but it makes your running weird because yeah. you don't feel the ground. Right. It's a totally different experience. And, and you I'm had like, that oh, for the whole race. Yeah. No, not the whole race. The second day. So when I don't even know where that was. Keeler? Yeah, it was afternoon and second day. Yeah, afternoon and the second day. Okay, let's talk about going into the second day, though. Because is it possible in your mind when you started that you didn't think you'd see the second day? Yeah, of course. Right. So now do you start believing your own stuff and you're like, oh, I'm... I'm going to finish? Do you actually start saying that to yourself? Or no, are you taking it a mile so, at a time? I would go back and forth. Like, I'm going to finish, I'm going to quit. I'm going to finish, I'm going to quit. Once we had, they had rehashed the math. So Paul and Mike sent me out with Maurice to, to sort of like power walk through the night and they redid the math and they were like, okay, we're, we're good. Like, that was that freak out was just because we're all overtired. So at some point in the middle of the night... 
you re- you thought that there was no way you could make it. Right. Yeah. And then they, they were like, let's send those two dinglings down the desert road and do this math again. And then they realized. And that, because they did that math, was then I got to take what was supposed to be a 10-minute nap, but they gave me seven minutes. That was gracious of them. So during this whole time, I slept seven minutes. Did you really go to sleep? Oh, my God. I was out cold. It was the greatest thing ever. And so a few nights ago, I realized I'd actually been training for those seven minutes my whole hockey mom life. Because if I fall asleep before I go pick Phineas up from hockey, when I get back, I'm done. I can't go back to bed. So it's like that. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So I realized that like two nights ago. Okay. I'm slow to the party. But so, yeah, I had that seven minute sleep, got up and off we went. So now you know it's possible. I know it's possible. And does that mess with you? Are you like, oh, good. Is it, is it invigorating or is it, oh, uh, it's more to carry? That's an interesting question because certainly I felt like, I felt relieved that I could do it. Like we hadn't come all that way and I had to only to like realize that. Oh, Run to the lobby of the hotel. Right, exactly. Right. Now, like now I could have done that and whatever. Yeah. But then it was, if you can imagine, even more mental. Because then if I quit, it was I quit. I wasn't timing out. I was quitting. Okay. So I had to keep going. Okay. Which is probably better for you. Yeah. Knowing you. True. So we did. So we kept going. Okay. And I understand the race ends on a climb or there's a big climb toward the end. You could say that. Yeah, describe that. little mountain called Mount uh, Whitney. So how... Describe it. So, what time of day are you reaching at? Like, what hour into the race? And, I think we and got there f- like two in the afternoon. And how far to the finish line from there? Fourteen miles. So, fourteen miles up, five thousand feet again. <laughs> On this busted up, uh, yeah. But you've, so that, but you've gone like a hundred and fifteen miles already. True. Or, or yes. Miles? So, so fourteen miles up, five thousand mile. Uh, foot gain that that's that's a pretty rigorous race by itself yeah if you haven't been running for like 120 miles and you don't have what we find out is three broken bones in your ankle well at this point (laughs) i'm surprised it's only three okay so it's two o'clock in the afternoon you know you have some number of hours and you can actually finish this thing in time bring us through that that last section of the race all right so we stopped did one last shoe change i made paul rub my feet because there was something weird going on with the nerves in my feet that made a foot rub feel like nobody probably should have been watching uh it was very good (laughs) (laughs) all foot rubs are good and i yeah not no this is a special go run through the desert and then get your feet rubbed is a whole something something different yeah like it's just like running past the cabaret A little bit better. But Cabaret yeah. of the desert. That's correct. So Maurice and Mike were, were taking turns, walk, like pacing me right there. At this point, we're walking because I, I, I'm making no bones about it. Uh, mm-hmm. This is walking mm-hmm. um, like 17 to 19 minute miles mm-hmm. up the, the Which road. Which on an elevation is still a pretty good clip for walking. Well, thank you. I mean, it is. 20 was yeah, we were just, so okay. if I had hit 20, I'd make You'd be it. all right. Yeah, yeah. So we were doing that, and they were alternating back and forth. 
and we just look up and it's just oh my god like we are here mm-hmm. we did it mm-hmm. and what time of day is it now is it, it, it six well no we i finished it like five, i think like right right before six right so like okay. five but so as we're going up you know you're starting to see the change and they had a, had a fire there so of course now my brain is all like let me tell you about fire ecology after i haven't slept for so long uh, but of course they listen or they pretend it anyway mm-hmm. we're power walking up the the mountain right and here comes a white van with runners coming down and who is hanging out the window but bob becker who had timed out at 50 and he's lori what are you doing I said, I just never timed out. And I don't know who was happier, honestly. He was just, uh, he was so happy. Like his, his face, he was just like, you know, cheering out the window. He was like, oh, so that was, that was pretty awesome. Like, that was good stuff. So then we're going along and we make it to the portal. And then that's when they, they we, and I was with Mike. And we thought we had seven to go. We had three to go. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> I don't know who was crying more, like me or Mike. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> because that's like, you know, you know. Like, yeah. As long as you don't fall off the mountain at this it. point. Yeah. And so we did that. And then those two graciously like got in the car and drove to the finish and... and When did you see the finish line? Not I- soon enough. I will tell you. I was walking with Paul as we were we were walking it in and uh you could hear it like a lot of, you know, but it's it's switchbacks and it's windy and my watch had froze. It's kind of ironic that my watch froze at mm-hmm. Badwater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't melt down. Didn't overheat, <laughs> but it froze. So I had no idea what was going on. And so people were like, just a little bit more, just a little bit more. And you know how it is at a race. You're like, you want to punch the next person Everybody. in the face. That You're that. almost there. No. No, I'm just really a little further. That. Really mm. not. So we, finally we can see it. And the, the the four of us just just walked up to the line. And it was, holy crap. <laughs> like, not even the race I was expecting. But... We did it. We navigated 135 miles on a broken ankle with, yeah. And then how, how much time to spare? Three hours. Come wow. on. Come on. Wow. So, so Chris was just stunned, right? Mm. Chris Kosman, because it's. You wouldn't. It's it's not about me, right? Mm. You wouldn't think anybody that set out on that ankle was right. going to finish that race, and so or start that race, man. How about that? Uh, I'm not even start it. Maybe I don't know. So I, I needed I needed that part of my brain it's freed up to think about other things. Sure. So I asked him. I said, "What do I do now?" And I meant what do I do now? Like, I, I just ran bad water. Oh, I jacked up. <laughs> what, what, what's my next trick going to mm-hmm. be? 
And he says, well, I'm giving someone else their medal, so you're going to have to wait a minute. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. He's totally literal, right? Like, yeah, he thought I yeah, meant, right. okay, what do I do now? Like, where right, are the showers? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, what, what do I do now? Yeah. Yeah, so he gave me, after he gave the person that finished ahead of me their medal, because he's very nice, and he stands there, and they video the whole thing, and mm-hmm. he's like, you know, on, on, a, on a different day, you know, we would have expected perhaps you would have been in contention. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of you, blah, blah, blah. And it was great. And then the four of us had our, our pictures taken, and then I just looked at Paul, and I said, I need that boot. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they all thought I was kidding. Like, not my crew. They definitely knew. Like, I don't know what I wanted more at the end, the boot or the buckle. Mm-hmm. Um, the One. buckle, but... <laughs> <laughs> The, the yeah. boot, like, so I literally just went, sat in a chair, and Paul went and got the, the, boot, and put it put it on, and then hobbled to the car. Which I tried to convince them that I should drive down the mountain. <laughs> like when I run Mount Washington, I run back down because I don't want to be uh-huh. in the car on the ride down. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. No, mm-hmm. someone's gonna plummet right. me to my death. They did not let me drive the car down. So no, huh? yeah. What was that ride down like? Were there any dry eyes? I don't think so. Congratulations. Congratulations. It's miraculous. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Well, I would agree with that. But stupid, stupidly awesome and miraculous. It's amazing. So I went and got proper medical attention afterwards i attempted that's Uh, a story for another day okay um i did have an orthopedic look at it and say oh dear oh you could run on it if you could withstand the pain Mm mm-hmm and did did you say well i tried that i oh he already knew the whole story (laughs) and he thought that was you know yeah it's broken but you're fine and Mm -hmm. so meaning that you weren't you were unlikely to do more damage right he was a hip doctor. I don't know why they gave me a hip oh. doctor, the Looking orthopedic. That's all they had. Yeah. So, okay. That is a story for another day. But my but my doctors that I work with, mm-hmm. they got a hold of the they got a hold of the films and the, read them and and yeah, there were so there were three three fractures. Okay. Yeah. Oh man. So, how are you today? I will not tell you a lie. It has not been easy. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, you know, you make a deal with the devil and then you have to live with the consequences. Yes. I did not think that that deal was going to be still not running. Because it's how many weeks later now? Well, it's two months to the day. Okay. But today's September 11th. Yeah. Well... So I wrapped up my ankle and I grabbed my flag and I went for a short little flag hobble. How was your run today? That was how it was. It was pretty good? It was good. All right. Okay. That is intense, Lori. That's pretty intense, man. (laughs) That's a lot to take in. I followed it intensely Mm. between Instagram Mm. 
Instagram stories and the bed water constantly updating mm-hmm. through the night, mm-hmm. checking all day, mm-hmm. seeing if you were making the cutoffs, Holy waiting cow. for updates in, in Instagram. I got to be honest, waiting for the news that you're out. Yeah, I was just I mean, like, I was we waiting said, for it was the like, time. Well, I mean, okay, how far did she make it? That's impressive. She started. Okay. Right. Yeah. And then you just kept going. Because I reached out to you the day before the race great. started. And you said you were kind of avoiding people because it was a little too emotional. And yeah. you realized you were there, but you were seeing everybody in great shape. And mm. it was rough. And then you started. And, and yeah, like Peter said, I was just waiting for to say congratulations on making it however far you made it. 135 miles. 135 miles. And then friend of the show, Lance Mallory, left you a voicemail. That was the saddest thing ever because I didn't know when you listen to a voice memo, it, it disappears. No, you got to save it. I didn't know that. Nobody had ever sent me a voice it. memo before. I was so excited. I was like, no, where Okay, did so it where go? were you? Where were you when you heard it? I was in the hotel in, in Dow Villa, like after the race. I was okay. so excited. And then I was like, Because no, Lance I'm... called to give congratulations. Yeah, from the other so side. Great. From the other side, yeah. yeah. He came back special. I'm like, I, did I finish Badwater or did I die? <laughs> well, Lance is here. He can't be sure. <laughs> Not and, hard to know. What's real and what's not? And, and Lance was featured heavily on your shoes. Yes, Absolutely. Lance, Lance was uh, front and center. Yes, he was. Well, I'm not going to ask you what's next. Badwater Cape Fear on October 2nd. <laughs> what? October 2nd of what year? Wait, uh, of 2025? And then the Boston Marathon's the weekend after. Hold, stop saying stop words. It. I think your your running math is all off. It might be. I tell you so what. So t- you didn't run for two weeks, two months. Two months. You hobbled around today in honor of September 11th. And next month you're going to run, or in a few weeks you're going to run Badwater Cape Fear and then the Boston Marathon. Yeah. Okay. You're looking at me. I know you're not. You're going to do it. Because you're well, burning so holes through my retinas. <laughs> Boston is Boston. Mm-hmm. And there's a Ultra Cup, which is Badwater 135, Badwater Cape Fear, and Badwater Salton Sea, mm-hmm. all in a calendar year. And so. When's the Salton Sea? November. November 7th. Well, that's right after uh, I know. Boston Marathon. It'll be fine. I just have to be okay with being a completionist and not, you know, trying to be fast. No! You can't think about being fast. I know. That's what I said. I just yeah, have to make peace. She was with saying you. I'm that. Just, I'm just astounded that you were thinking about No, she wasn't. She's going the other way with it. She's yeah. being Like at the beginning rational. of this year, I had del- of course. delusions of before you, before you broke your ankle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to say. It's astounding. We're all winners. We are all winners. Right? I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's all there is to it. And you guys had a great run this morning? Not me. You didn't do the 5K? No, I was literally still asleep. I got vaccinated. Oh, that's right. We I, had that story. I got sweaty and weird. You cut that part I, out. I laid I laid down for 12 hours. No, I feel really bad that I missed it. I couldn't do it. I could not get out of my bed, which takes a lot for me to actually like back down off something like that. 
Because I wanted to. Mm. But he crushed. Crushed. Ran one of his fastest 5Ks ever. Nice. That was because of the Chagas Challenge. I'm not sure that's true. Well, certainly in your 50s. (laughs) (laughs) It was unexpected. I was expecting to sort of trot it out and just uh, wave and enjoy the parade and see if I knew anybody. But um, as it happens, I ran with uh, Emily Saul of the November Project. Emily Saul of the November Project. That would be $2. So we went much faster than I anticipated, which was great. Um, I surprised myself, but it was, uh, yeah, I mean, there it is. There it is. It did, because I've been doing so much slow running, it did remind me, I'm learning so many things, relearning so many things about running these days because I, I had put it on the shelf for the most, most of the summers that, you know, if you come to something with energy and some expectations, um, you can do things. But if you come with different energy and different expectations, you can still do things, but sometimes it's a surprise what happens. <laughs> Maybe that's for another show. I'll explain those comments in another show. He looks like a deer in the headlights. Who, me? Oh, yeah. wait. Time out. Can we all say congratulations to the prop runner? Yeah. No, yeah, we absolutely can. Okay. Congratulations, Aaron Keller. Congratulations, Aaron Keller. It's not Aaron Keller anymore, but okay. Yeah. You know what I mean. The formal, formally former, known, formally as Aaron, known as Aaron Keller. The prop runner formerly known as... See, some people get married. That's right, they do. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a po- that's a different podcast. That's, that's our other podcast. Uh, uh, Listen. Wow. We, we, have a, we have a home renovation yes, podcast and yes. we have a relationship podcast. This is the <laughs> running podcast, Peter. Humor marriage, and running. Marriage counseling podcast. Not Paul yet. Chekel. You got a whole other take on this. Hmm. You want to weigh in on home improvement? Certainly. <laughs> no, I meant uh, you know you you had a front row seat for a lot of this. Uh, oh, 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 I'm sorry. Of everything we just yeah, talked about. Um, There's so much to unpack from that. Sure. From this uh, adventure, it was. Um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was amazing. From Jump Street with the injury, and um, you know, are we going to go? Are we not going to go? Um, what's wrong? How bad is it? You know, how much, how much treatment can we throw towards the ankle in a short amount of time? Mm-hmm. To the morning of getting on the airplane and having, you know, the unfortunate fact that we had a crew member not able to join us and then getting to the airport and having uh, Maurice in a panic saying I can't figure out how to get through security right. <laughs> with my bag that I'm supposed to check how many more dominoes are going to fall at this and, point uh, and so we're sitting there going well now we're maybe down two crew members and I just told Maurice to take a breath it was going to work itself out and uh Maurice spent the entire day in Logan waiting for his flight so he didn't turn around and leave. He spent uh, the better part of eight hours hanging out in Logan meeting people. Um, But, um, yeah, we had adventures with the rental van because everyone rents vans, and the the van we went with was a um, off, called an off-brand rental, and 
So we had a rental van that had 70,000 miles on it, which I don't believe rental vans should ever have that kind of miles on it. Not if you're going to be driving at three miles an hour through the desert for two days. Yeah, so luckily the day of the race, the car died that morning. Um, I say that's lucky that because it's lucky it died the morning of and not during, at the race. The afternoon during. So whatever. after some feverish phone calls, we ended up driving the rental van back to this lovely town called Pahrump, Nevada. There's actually an HBO show on right now about Pahrump, oh, yeah, Nevada. It's yeah. it's hilarious. Yeah. I encourage everyone to watch it. It 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 um, fairly captures the town as a whole. Um, so after a lot of screaming, shouting, gnashing of teeth, um, the rental company brought us a newer old minivan to Pahrump, and we did a uh, minivan swap. The only reason we were able to do the minivan swap is another one of the race uh, racers, uh, their vehicle had also been broken down. They had a different problem, but there was a flatbed truck there, and they, they jumped us. And so we left the car, the, the van running, and drove all the way back to Pahrump that day. So the day of the race in which the, the, the crew was basically going to take a nap, getting ready, that went out the window. So we went to Pahrump. We had to wait for the rental thing and swapped out rentals and, and came on back with a, with a new rental. And it, and it was, it, you know, this one only had 40,000 miles on mm-hmm. it or 35,000 miles on it. But um, um, it, 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 it made it. But that being said, we, we were smart. We ended up getting uh, additional jumper cables. We got uh, coolant for the car just in case. Um but so the day of the day of race was basically just scrambling around, getting ready for the race. So how much of this are you keeping Lori aware of, and how much are you so not telling we, her? So we we tried not to tell her at all. Actually, she didn't find out about it until we got back from Pahrump, or we were in Pahrump. When we left for Pahrump, we actually said we she was sleeping um, as she should be. And we actually snuck off, and and she reached out and said, "What's going on?" And I said, and "We said, well, we needed to go get some more um, stuff for the race because <laughs> including a new including van, a new, yeah. including van a new van, yeah. because we had gone to Pahrump already once to get all the ice and all that stuff because the oasis where where the hotel where this is at is in Badwater Basin." The really limited supply. So we had driven, Pahrump was an hour away. So we went to the Walmart in Pahrump and bought all the stuff we need. Little did we know we were going to turn around and go right back again. And so um, so finally she said, "What do you? why are you guys back in Pahrump again? I'm like, well, we needed to get some uh, other stuff. And so we did let her into what was going on. And, um, and so um, she was aware of that. And then uh, we got back with time. We had time to spare. The ve- we had the vehicle loaded and everything was ready to go. And, and, um, and we headed to down to the start line. And let me tell you, she was right. The temperature was for there was seasonal. But what, what I don't know if she talked about was the, the winds were insane. So she had that march out of Badwater Basin in a 
headwind that was blowing somewhere between 20 and 30 miles an hour. So she borrowed Maurice's running glasses so she wasn't getting sand in her eyes. That's so how bad the wind was blowing. It was like a sandstorm? It was like a sandstorm. It was like literally out of, you know, Star Wars sandstorm. Oh. Um, so bad that I want to guess she fell off the side of the road three times. And Wow. Uh, and another thing she didn't mention is on that climb out, we literally had to talk to the doctor. The doctor was like, well, I'm not going to tell her to stop running. Um, but she's, she's getting close to, you know, getting to a point where, where this, you know, this is, you know, we got to, we're, we're all obviously concerned about her health. Mm -hmm. And so, um, what was the most concerning factor, her ankle or were there other issues? I know. I think the ankle, the ankle and, and, and the inability to really, you know, run a straight line (laughs) because it was so windy. Mm. And at that point she was so far away from being able to make the cutoff that we were literally so um mike and i were literally like when do we pull her when do we pull her when do we pull her we had some serious conversations about even not even really i hate to say this respecting her her desire and just pulling her and putting her in the back of the in the van now we never got there but it got pretty close because she was struggling so badly so as you approach the hotel and I don't know if Lori had said, I think I'm going to get off here and instead decided to start running downhill. What, what was that moment like for you? Well, as soon as she turned the corner, she started running. And so, so it was a, it's about a mile from the corner to the hotel. As soon as I saw her turn the corner, and that was really, I hate to say this, this is really my hope was that she was going to get to that proverbial turn and have some sort of energy hit and and it did and and she ran right by the hotel and um the um maurice and 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 mike started getting tired and i said listen guys i'm fine um those guys ended up uh started to you know to nap and so um she just started cranking miles out. Where where are you in relation to her? You're driving behind her? Uh, uh, in front of her. We go about a mile up the road. We, she was never more than probably a mile away. So whereas like other point-to-point races, you might go five or six or seven miles up the road mm-hmm. and there's like a half an hour gap or a 45-minute gap. At no point were we more than two miles up the road. So we... I don't I, I don't know how many times we stopped during that race. My guess is we stopped 80 times. Mm-hmm. I mean literally, I mean we were stopping that often. Mm-hmm. And so the guys um, the, so we weren't at a point where we could uh, pace her, but I let the two Mike and Maurice were, were asleep and so I get out, run across the street, give her, you know, give her hydration or whatever she need, run back, which was good because those guys needed to get some sleep. And um, and she just was cranking. And I, I'm like, I, this is the one I, you know, I'm like, she's in the game. Mm-hmm. She's in the game. The weather cooled off. The wind died down. And she was, I mean, she wasn't running her normal pace, but I could tell, you know, she got to a point where she was, comfortable being uncomfortable with the pain i guess Mm -hmm. is the best way to put it and she was passing people 
I mean, she was wow. she was picking people off. Um, she was because she literally when she turned the corner, the 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 next wave of folks were already passing her, and she was in last like she was the last person in her wave. When she made that corner to turn, she started not only catching up to those people that all got in front of her, she started passing multiple people in that wave. And of course, a bunch of people from that first wave are the ones that timed out. Um, like wow. Bob Becker, who, who's a veteran who's run it many times. So she passed a lot of folks that eventually didn't, didn't make the cutoff. And I'm assuming she definitely needed it to get the first 50-mile cutoff. Yeah, she, she oh yeah. Run. Yeah, if she didn't if she didn't get after it, she was way behind the cutoff. Wow. And so she made it. I was I whispered, she made that first cutoff with an hour to spare. That's how much time she made up. So we were talking the other day, she was saying I you know, I walked the whole I'm like you did not walk the whole thing. There was a lot of running. And mm-hmm. not a, not as much running as she would like to do, but she still ran a lot. And then there's a lot of climbing, some mm-hmm. huge climbs, massive climbs. So that 50-mile climb, you know, when you get to that 50-mile mark, there's more climbing, and then it flattens out. And, and so it is everything you hear about and then some. And then, and then running downhill to where you know when you get to the bottom is going to be the hottest part of the race is a little bit um, – I don't know what you want to call it. I mean, you know you're about to run into the furnace, basically. So it feels good to run down, but you know where you're going. Yeah, yeah. And so she got through that, and then um, we had a a full sit-down dinner. And then um, when I say dinner, we we sat down for food. And then she made the the second of the big climbs, which Mm -hmm. took her into the evening. And she powered up that. I mean, the number was she had to be a uh, 20-minute mile for those those climbs. And she was 17, 18, 19, 20. She was knocking it out. And then the funny story was after that, after this area called Father Crawley is when all three of us, we, our, our brains just stopped working. All of a sudden, we're like, well, she's not on pace. She's not going to make the cutoffs. Mike and I are trying to do the abacus and the phone and we're writing it out and we're saying she doesn't have as much time as we think. We're like literally like, well, when she gets to the bottom of um, Mount Whitney, she's going to have to run 12 minute miles to get to the top. There's no way. And so we were all goofed up. And um, finally, after like 17 different iterations of trying to figure the math out, we said, whoa, 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 we have it's. And that's when we finally said, yeah, you can take a 10-minute nap that I woke her up seven minutes into. But had they, Lori, had they been telling you any of this bad math or no, were they keeping that from you too? They told me. That's the worst. Well, they were like, you got to run. This is a race. Go, run, figure it out. We'll keep working on it. Yeah, yeah, we're like NASA scientists. Very, the, very tired NASA scientists. I was going to say something really socially inappropriate. We were not NASA scientists. <laughs> we, we were, we, yeah. So, so, so Paul, the, the three of you, the crew, are all distance runners. Um, and I know you were in a training pattern also for your own race for Anchor Down that right. we'll talk about in a little bit. But 
in essence, in some ways, even though so- sometimes you were driving, sometimes you were sitting, you were all in this race together. Like you were participating in a lot of this race. What was that like for you? That's awesome. I mean, it's it's it, it is. I mean, it is a true team effort because you have to rotate, and one guy's driving, and one guy's hopefully at some point napping, and it is a it takes everyone. Yeah, and some teams have four pacers, and we were our plan was a driver slash crewmate and then three pacers and so it turned out to be the three of us and that worked out fine but yeah it is all hands on deck and um god bless maurice it was his first time doing anything like this in an event like this so he was learning on the fly and he took a lot of uh, on the on the spot uh training from mike and i <laughs> and he was very um he was very uh he did great. He did great, but he he was the brunt of a lot of uh, of um, on the spot criticism in terms of how to how to do things. A lot of short tempers when there's no yeah, sleep. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and you're a in the bit. desert, a and your bit. runner has a broken a ankle. Bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I can. That's understandable. A little bit, but um, yeah, it was the, he was great. He was great, and so um, I. Got about as much sleep as Lori. I got about seven wow. minutes. Wow. Mike got Mike got a couple hours, and Maurice probably slept about forty five hours. <laughs> Maurice has the uncanny ability to sit in the van and immediately fall asleep. It's a so, great trait. He probably so, sleeps on airplanes too. He yeah. He uh, he That's got magic. he got he got. And I say that joking. He he was a huge part of it. But yeah, Maurice got Maurice got uh, uh, a good amount of sleep, as uh, which is we needed. We need everyone needed what they needed. Paul, tell me for you, bring me from the base of Mount Whitney to the finish. So at at that time, you had figured out you needed twenty minute miles. Yeah. So it's actually a little bit before that. Actually, the Dow Villa where we ended up staying is the very last check in before you climb um, Mount Whitney, and from there to the very to the finish is about fourteen miles. Once you get in the park, it's about thirteen miles. But um, I think we had our we had our num we had the numbers figured out. Um, we got through downtown, um, and and uh, we stopped right before she entered the park. We did one more shoe change, one more wrap change, and um, off she went. Maurice started the started the, at the base. The plan was for Maurice to start and for Mike to jump in, and then for me to finish. Um, and so Maurice and Lori just started started up. Um, there were uh, right out of the gate is pretty pretty. You know, I don't know what the grade is, but it's a pretty steep grade. And they were doing 17, 18 minute miles. And so then it flattened out for a little bit, and uh, they were well under the well under it. And then Mike took over. Um, I don't know how we lost that math, but we did. And like we were talking about earlier, when we thought you still had six or seven miles left, when you only had three, that was steep and curvy, and um, and it was a lot of you know, 
yeah, steep. And so those two knocked out some very consistent miles. They hit that area, that gorgeous area that had just been season before had you know been part of the burn that they had out there and they just trucked up through it and then there was one last area where there are no more cars except for the people going up for the race and um i jumped in for the last three miles and uh we you know it's all power hiking at that point and then you you know are we you know are we are we there yet? Are we there? No, no, no. And and it's and yeah, you get within like a mile, and so people are also racers are also starting to come down the mountain, mm-hmm. and they're like, and you know, they're on the horn, and you're almost there, you're almost there, and you're like, no, we're not really almost there, and um, and and so you can hear the finish line wow. well before you can see the finish line, and then it's like. I don't know, three or four more sharp S-curves. And then you basically don't really see the finish line for like 100 feet. You're like 100 feet. And then you're like, oh, there it is. And so we got there and and uh, uh, Maurice and Mike joined us and we, we all collectively walked across the finish line together. It was very, you see some teams are, you know, anyways, there's, Different levels. It was, I, I think, for for the crew, it was very much a moment of um, ref, you know, just gratitude. We kind of, we all, the three of us, took a step back so she could cross the finish line first, as as she should, and and uh, I think we all just group hug as she finished, and uh, and then she got, you know, did the the buckle pictures and all that kind of stuff. So it was. Yeah, it was it was it was a incredibly uh, you know it's an incredible event, and then you throw on what we were you know what we we went through. Um, it was it was a lot of validation for all the work she's done for a long, long time. So it was incredible. Mm. And, and then how was Anchor Down? <laughs> I got to use bad water yeah. against him at Anchor Down. Right? Because he didn't want to go out for that okay. famous right. last lap. Okay, let's. Right. Let's <laughs> and I threw it right in his face. There it is. Oh, what That's a all segue. I want. That's all I want to know. So, about a mo- uh, even a month later? No, not two even. Two weeks? No, more about a month okay, later. Okay, a month yeah, later. Yeah, about an- a month later. The Anchor Down Ultra, which yeah. <clears throat> your version of it is a 24 hour. Ultra marathon in Rhode Island. That's right. On a, a loop that's what is it? Not even a five k or about a five k? No, it's two, just under two and a half miles. Okay, two and a so half miles. It's, it's it's just about a mile of of trail of of you know, it's not single track, but it's a trail in the woods, and then um, the rest of it is on a bike path in. Colt State Park, which is in Bristol, Rhode Island, it is it is on Narragansett Bay, um, and so yeah, so it's a anchor down ultra for those that don't know is a six hour, twelve hour, and twenty four hour race. All three fields go off at the same time. They start so cool seven p.m. on the on you know usually the hottest night of you know as, summer as it has been the last few years. I think yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, so it went off at seven o'clock on Friday the thirteenth. Um, 
fitting fitting very fitting and um and uh the weather held and uh it was a gray race now i'm i'm guessing given the um shorter length of this loop there's no there's no vans involved driving no ahead vans. of you no, no you just like set up a table and yeah. you keep going past yeah. it. and you yeah. you right you blink and you come back to your table in the beginning, would, anyway, right? Yeah, I wish you blinked and came back to them. Yeah. So the course is set up so that there's um, there's two aid station, two aid stations. Mm-hmm. So you really, in theory, don't even need to carry anything: hydration, water. That's pack, nice. Or I like, like that. that. Um, I later in the day, I'll, I'll carry a handheld just because mm-hmm. you want to have something in your. Right. You want to be hydrating constantly, mm-hmm. but you don't. Early night, you don't need to have a hydration pack or anything like that. So. Um, on the Narragansett Bay side, they have a they have a uh, water station uh, that in the middle of the night they start serving ramen, which is really nice. Wow! And then at the start finish line, they have I guess you'd call it an athlete's village. So you have your tents, your chairs, your tables, and everything like that. Um, there's a corral that you go in and under. So there's a you know a start a matted start finish line, and then they have the race has their own food and hydration and all that kind of stuff. But then past that, you think of it as like a, a pit stop. You there's a fence area and you can put your stuff on the fence area with what you want for high in case you don't want what they have. So is your crew standing there or yeah. feeding you yeah. from that point? Yeah, and and so Lori is my crew chief for this race and she has been historically for the last you know previous three years of running the running the 24 hours so she is my crew chief in years past she's my crew chief and my pacer because after 12 hours she would jump in and pace me but because of recovering from the from the accident i had a i had a pacer um but so she's my she's my crew chief and so she's sitting there basically by the gate and you know checking in we have a kind of a checklist of what do you need what are you doing and and the whole nine yards now in years past during the night she would get catch a couple hours of sleep because she would run anywhere from heck 40 to 50 miles on saturday but because she wasn't going to be doing that she's she's she stayed up all night so she which was great quite honestly i the arrangement while i missed her pacing me i had a great pacer um a gentleman who we had met at at that at badwater um came out from uh pennsylvania to pace me and uh and so between the three of us um it was a great combination so um yeah the i i uh I had a goal in mind. The goal was 110 miles. I came uh, one lap short of that, uh, which was would have been 45 laps. I ran 44 laps, but that was a personal best for me. So I, you know, I, it wasn't. I, you know, failure is not the right word. I didn't hit my A goal, mm-hmm. but um, you know, that 44 laps netted me second place overall in the race. Um, I won the Masters uh, uh, portion. The gentleman who's won the race every single year won the race yet again. Oh, my gosh. And so Chris Capolini, who's a, f- a good friend of mine, uh, won the race uh, for the fifth time. And so uh, 
the you know I'm proud. I'm the only the second person to have four 100 mile buckles at that race. So it was definitely a very very rewarding uh, outing and adventure. So and for our listeners to get a sort of reference point, when you say Chris did win again, what does he win with in terms of number of laps? Um, so I think this year he finished with 47 laps, but he his course record is well over 50 laps. And so I think the rumor is that Saturday was the hottest it had ever been. Saturday's race temperature in the afternoon was the hottest race temperature they had they had had. And going back to our you know previous conversation, I too was doing the sauna. Uh, so I I was doing not the hour to two hours that you know, but I was doing an hour probably five times a week. And I'll tell you what, it does pay off. It did help for sure because I tend to have real heat issues on that Saturday. Mm-hmm. I have historically. Um, I didn't have those problems. So I you know it was a um, for me the game is that I like to um, I don't like the game is I always get towards the end I'm like oh I've got I've earned the buckle and now I can kind of coast and and the boss doesn't let me coast and so I actually ended up I was ended up thinking I was going to time out at 43 minutes 43 laps excuse me because I had about 29 minutes left on the clock and she said nope you're going out. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> and so my third fastest lap of the entire race turned out to be 44? Lap, the, the, the lap last. 44. Wow. wow. So I, re- I ran lap 44 in 26 minutes, and I finished the race with just about two minutes left on the clock. Mm. So most years when I finish, it's a it's a 24-hour race, but if you can't finish the loop, it doesn't count. Sure. So a you lot make of- that, You make that decision. Yeah, you there's say. a lot of times you've got like 25 minutes left and you're like, I'm not gonna run a 25-minute lap, so it's it's over. But she looked at me and she's like, no, you're going. And, and matter of fact, she called Sam, my pacer, on the phone and said, you guys are going. And I looked at Sam. I said, I'm not going. And then I saw her, and I'm like, yeah, we're going. <laughs> and, so, and so I ran, I ran a 26-minute lap. And um, the funny thing was the PA announcer two laps prior when I got into the 100 was like, oh, congratulations, Paul's race is over, and, and he's, he's gotten the buckle. And, and Lori's like, he's not done yet. <laughs> so... So I, I got out. So it was, you know, the challenge is like, okay, you've got your buckle, and then you've matched your personal best. That's good enough. And, and of course, she, mm-hmm. you know, she, that's not, that, you know. That race math ultimately. doesn't work, Paul. No. Not for yeah. Lori. No, not for Lori. No. Not for Lori. So she, um, she successfully uh, kicked my butt back out for that last lap, and we were able to, to get it get it done with uh, two minutes to spare. So, Amazing! Yeah, wow! Congratulations! Was, Congrats! Was, uh, That's huge. It was, uh, yeah. So, the funny story is, in in years past, like two years ago or three years ago, I finished this race, and I'm kind of like, why am I doing this? It's torture. It's terrible. You know, what do we do this for? But now that I've gotten to four, 
and I'm the only one, only other one at four other than Chris, um, I am very motivated for going back next year at five. Because some years I finished the race, I'm like, you know, I'm re- I've done that a couple of times. I really sure. don't need sure. to do that again. It's not fun. Um, but, I, but I actually enjoyed myself in race. And I'm I'm really motivated for next year, so I, I, I do want to join Chris in this five buckle club, wow. and I've I've made a commitment that uh, if I'm able to uh, to get a fifth, that there 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 will be some sort of body art afterwards uh, to commemorate. That was a verbal. That's mm-hmm. a that's a total verbal. To, yeah, to co- commemorate being a uh, five time. Uh, buckle winner so wow. it, it was it was it was a lot of fun it, it's been a it's been a um crazy summer but a, a very re- rewarding summer you know that that was my immediate first question and and you just went ahead and answered it which was i can almost imagine the thought process of deciding to run a hundred miler because mm-hmm. i now know enough people that have done it and and the progression makes sense. You know, you run a 5K and a half marathon marathon. And then, you know, it took Peter and I forever to decide that we were ever going to run an ultra. And then we did it. Mm-hmm. But then you do it. And you're like, well, that was 31 miles. 50 is a lot more. And 100 is a whole nother half a day. Twice so that's, that, yeah. that's never going to happen. But then, you know, the effects of the run wear off. And eventually it comes back to like, well, maybe I could try it. But then after doing it, like you said, the the process, what has kept, and either of you can answer this question, what has kept you going to do these long, long distance runs and multiple times? It, it varies. I mean... So the first one is to do the first one, right? I mean, you run, you just said it. You run a, you run a 5K, okay, and you run, you run a 10K, and then you run another 10K, and you run all of a sudden you run that 10K a heck of a lot faster than that first 10K, and you go, I can, okay, let me see if I can do this faster, and then you do it faster, and then you say, okay, there's a half marathon, and then you run a half marathon, and you're like, wow, that really wasn't too bad. I mean, that's, you know, that's doable, and then you run a few half marathons, and you say, you know what, if I can run a half marathon, then I can maybe run a marathon. And then that's a different, whole different ball game, right? It really is. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I still remember the um, the butterflies and nerves before that first marathon saying, no, there's no way I'm going to finish a marathon. There's <laughs> no way. I'm undertrained. Mm. There's... I've There's only n- ever run twenty. Yeah, yeah. I've only, <laughs> only done eighteen. I'm, I've only run twenty three times before this twenty six mile race. There's no way I'm going to be able to go from twenty to twenty six. Impossible. It's humanly it's, it's, impossible. Yeah, it's impossible <laughs> to do that. Impossible and, does not exist. That's right. And then you run a marathon, and 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 it, it, you know, and then you're like, oh, okay. And then you know you. Maybe I can do this again a little bit faster. And some people don't do it faster, but they're like, all right, maybe I can do the next one a little bit faster. Um, and then and then I you know, did that for years. I hadn't even really heard of Ultra. What? Ultra what? And um, I did my first uh, trail Ultra, which was a 50K. 
um, all on trails. I'm like, this is a totally different ball game. And the people were so cool, and it was so laid back, and uh, I happened to do very well. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so, so that so that helps a little bit, right? So you you end up you know getting positive a, reinforcement. Yeah, you get a get a piece of glass or a little piece of hardware after you do your first ultra, and you're like, oh, I kind of like this ultra thing. <laughs> Uh, but then, but that's a 50K and, and you're like, okay, how do I, you know, f- 50 miles? Are you kidding me? Humans don't go 50 miles. And then you do. And, um, but then you get, you know, I jumped up to the, you know, I jumped up to the 12 hour and, uh, and that was a big jump. And I came very close to running 100K for that first 12 hour. And, um, Okay, he came less than a quarter of a mile from 100K. Oh, my God. God. Wow. So awfully close to 100K, but didn't get there. Um, And then um, that was at Anchor Down. First year I ran Anchor Down. And then came, you know, okay, let's try this 24-hour thing. Mm. But I will tell you that after running the first 24-hour race, and and I did get a buckle that first year, there was a... For me, there was a tremendous emotional hangover after that race. It was like, what? That was a lot. I mean, I, I had the prize. I had earned the buckle. I, you know, I've done something I never in my life thought I could do. But I got done with that. I'm like, I'm not sure this is, you know, there was like three days of, it was pretty dark afterwards. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. boy, that's a that's that's a you're in the pain cave for a long time. Is that an emotional come down? Meaning, okay, the thing I worked so hard for is past me, or is it physical? All, oh, holy cow, my body's gone. Yeah, all, it's like you've been through trauma. Yeah, so you're like you're emotionally like you're physically exhausted. You're emotionally like okay. I did that thing. I've signed up for it. Why did I sign up for it? And do I ever want to sign up for it again? Because at the time, you're like in so much just, you're just exhausted. And so it, it, that first year after that first race, there was that definite dark period afterwards. Mm-hmm. And then ever since, it, it lessens for me. Meaning each year after that it's been and then this year there, there there was none this year was almost like okay i'm ready to start getting ready for next year because i feel like hey, i can go farther and i and i want to earn this fifth but yeah the, the the first year was like i guess the first year for me it was like okay this is the pinnacle i'm not going to go farther than 100 miles um and this is a voluntary event that I've just tortured myself <laughs> and literally gotten into a nearly gotten into a knockdown drag out brawl with with the with the with the crew chief and the pacer because I didn't want to go any further and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff so yeah yeah it is it is um it's a strange road and it's one thing to talk about the event as you just did but with any running event it's that's the day of mm-hmm. i mean you've spent months and months and months and lori years training for events you know it's so much time you change 
your whole calendar, your your life in some ways revolves around fitting in training and recovery. Your diet must change. Everything. How how's that process happened over the last ten years or so? So I th- the two of us are literally in training twelve months a year. I don't think we have. We don't. We don't. We don't have a. So we don't take an off. There's not an off season for us. There's some lower mileage months. Take that back. If we're if we're both healthy in a calendar year or in a twelve month period, there is no okay in the month of May. We're going to go from um, we're going to ramp it down. Doesn't it doesn't ramp down? Um, I'm not advocating that that's the best way to do it but that's just the way the two of us do it is that fair to say and so obviously when you're dealing with an injury you have forced downtime but um we're not one to say okay in the month of december we're going to drink a lot of beer eat a lot of cake and just run you know 10 miles a week um so you just described my entire summer (laughs) I, I I hit an emotional wall that caused me to do that. Yeah, I think for I mean we're, for us running is is an integral part of of keeping not only physically healthy but mentally and emotionally happy. So healthy and happy, and so running for us is a way to navigate all the craziness that we're all living day to day. So. That being said, if it's snowing out in December and you and then and you have a ten miler in your head, you're going to run a ten miler. If it means you're going to run around the condominium complex because they plow that first, then you're going to run around the condominium complex. And you may not have you know the next race may not be until March or April. But if there's ten on the schedule, you're doing you're doing ten. I guess is my point. Lori's doing 12 again, I guess. Yeah. I will always run more than Paul. <laughs> what? So competition definitely plays into it. Not between us. That was a joke. Oh, okay. That was just for dramatic effect. <laughs> we, we, are, we are incredibly not competitive. If you, I mean, we re- there is no, you have this many buckles, I have that many buckles. We are truly, so I guess our rule around here is, Anything over fifty miles, one of us is a crew and one of us and one of us is a runner. I was going to ask fifty miles and below, the both of us can can do the same race. Can do the same race, but we're not. We're not. So any given marathon, you're fine with. Yeah, and and like JFK. Yeah, we can both run JFK. That's sort of the cutoff. And yeah, kind of yeah. Except in November, we're We're going to run run Salton Sea, which is 81 miles, and you have to run the whole thing with your partner. Yeah, It's 81, you said? Yeah. That sounds almost light. Doesn't doesn't that sound almost light? That doesn't sound light to me. So, but yeah, we we don't, we're not, we're not keeping track of times or or Mm -hmm. buckles or anything like that. And you mentioned the plan or what's on the calendar or what's in your mind. You know, when you have a race three or four months, you pro- do, do you have a couple of pinnacle races or flag poles for the tent poles for the year yeah. and then f- then then fill it back, fill yeah. it? Yeah. Well, for me, mine is a little different than hers because because this whole the whole mess with 
bad water. But so my my races are traditionally anchor down in August, and then um, Boston are my two races, and everything else is, you know, you kind of I don't filler's not the right word, but no, no. yeah. So my A race is anchor down, and B is Boston, and 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 it, they're two totally different races, and so um, equally important, but. Anchor down is is uh, you know I can't even I you know it is a very very special event and I highly encourage everyone who's got a chance to to hopefully next year go out if you're not you know if you're not competing in it to go out and see it the community is second to none it's just amazing it's it's just amazing community it's he is the race director has built something very special out there. With having those, you know, the six, the twelve, and the twenty-four hour field all go off at the same time, it's a really, really awesome dynamic. Um, the six-hour folks stay around to cheer for the twelve-hour folks for a while, and then the twelve-hour folks will stick around for for the twenty-four-hour wow. folks. And then you have some of the folks, some of the six-hour folks and twelve-hour folks that are local will come back mm. for the finish of the twenty-four hour, and the volunteers are unbelievable the volunteers are incredible and so and the volunteers at all races are incredible but to be out there and on a hot muggy buggy day standing around being bit by mosquitoes at a aid station handing out you know popsicles for eight hours pretty pretty i mean some of those volunteers are out some i mean the staff is the staff but there are volunteers that are taking 12-hour shifts out there and then um the Athletes Village is just awesome. The, 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 it's like family. It really is. And I, we use family a lot of times. Very loose. And We've met, I, I, we've made some incredible friendships at Anchor Down. Um, the guy who's won the race every year is, I consider a very close friend of mine now. And I would never have met him. We, went, we drove to JFK three years ago. And we would never have made that trip with him if we hadn't had Anchor Down. And mm-hmm. I hike with him on the weekends now and another gentleman who ran the race this year who's usually his pacer um also ran the race this year and 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 got a buckle and i consider him a friend and so and we have and i'm i'm leaving out a bunch of volunteers that are just terrific folks so i again um anchor down ultra i can't speak highly enough of of what the race is about and what it does and who it is and, and the whole nine yards. And as we record this, we're about four weeks out from Boston. First time it's ever going to be in October. What are you guys feeling about that? Boston on October is stupid. Okay. That's an opinion. I'll be there. But it's stupid. You going to run it? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to run it in April, too. I love you, BAA. There you go. I am of the opinion I just want it to happen. I, yeah. Every passing day, I get a little bit more nervous. Mm-hmm. So, well, well, just before we hit record on this, we found out uh, MDI got canceled. Did it? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, I just told, happened. Yeah, you, they were just saying like 43 days. Yeah, it's canceled. You were driving. He had just pulled in. Uh, I yeah. had to tell Ju- Judy Snow, I love you. I know you're listening. I'm very sorry. Man. That's a big one. What do we think about Millinocket? We don't want to say. Well, Lori already has thoughts. Wow. She expressed them off mic. Don't express them again. 
So my hope is that the race happens. I th- I'm excited. I know I know non-traditionalists are not excited, but mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what it's like in October. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I, I think it could be an increase. Well, first of all, it will be, unless the weather is horrible, it will be the fastest cumulative finish time mm-hmm. ever. I, I, I'm putting that out here right now. Just because the, it's going to be cooler. Field, the fields, the field average finish time will be the fastest in the history of the race. Take away the elite athletes, the field, especially all the non-charity um, runners. Yeah, it will be the fastest finish time ever. That's interesting. And I, I will guess that it is smashes the record. Because the field is smaller, mm-hmm. and the qualifying time to get into the it field had to be tighter, yeah, seven and a half yeah. minutes better than the yeah. Boston qualifier. Mm. So I, my bet is is that, and I don't know if that I'm sure that factoid is out there, but I guarantee you that's going to be the fastest wow. fastest finish time for the for the non elite qualified runners. I will single handedly throw off that metric, <laughs> as or single footedly, as the case as may be. As you do. Paul, Lori, this has been phenomenal. You're both epic. That is not hyperbole. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your home and your stories. Bye. Bye. Should I hit record? No. (laughs) The thing we don't really talk about uh, over the course of the time that we were there and now everybody essentially has been in that kitchen with us for that entire time because you you barely touched that. That was just sort of, we hit record and we just sort of did the afternoon. Pretty much. We didn't really talk about the crazy brownie she made that we had while we were sitting there that were- You mean a thousand calories per brownie? I don't, I think they were health brownies. I don't think- That doesn't mean they're low-cal. No, they weren't healthy at all. They were just <laughs> yummy and good. And um According to Paul, she doesn't even use like a recipe. She just sort of makes things. She's like, she's just magical. And she just had an entire, did you, she tried to give a large volume of it to take home. Did you end up taking any home? Yeah, I took all of them home and I've eaten all of them. That's wonderful. And I've had to up my running by about 300% just to make up for it. But I don't care. It's worth it. Those things are, those little brownie bars are delicious. Uh, Peter, is there a dry eye in the house? I don't no, think so. No, no, not even close, nor should there be. And uh, again, Paul and Lori, thank you so much for having us. You guys are such huge friends, not only of the podcast, but of ours. And just listening to both of you tell tell your various stories in, in relation to one another, it was, it was um, it's heartwarming, heartwarming and a little heart-wrenching at parts. And um, yeah, learned a lot. And I think I may have verbaled on the Keys 100 off mic. We were looking at their belt buckle collection, their 100 miler belt buckle collection, which is significant. (laughs) It's a lot of belt buckles. And you saw the Keys 100 and you were like, is it near the water? Yeah, it turns out it's all water. You're basically (laughs) running on water. For the entire 100 miles. And so uh, I think you're moving very quickly to running a 100-mile race, Peter. mm, Quickly, be careful. Let's say, you know, by the time I'm 60, might get that one off the Mm, old list. Yeah, remember what we used to say about ultras? Not this fall. Anywho. Not this fall. uh, We got to let these people get back to their lives because we've occupied the better part of two hours, Brian. It was worth it. Thank you, Laurie and Paul. 
Hey. Hey. This has been an extra long episode 237 of How Was Your Run Today uh, with Brian Gould and Peter Villa. This music you're hearing is by the great Jeff Gornenberg. Andrew Bonnie Gould is our artist in residence. Very specialist of thanks to our hosts and our contributors to this podcast, Lori Mitchner and Paul Chekel. Ow! <laughs> I'm still eating those bars. Hey, if uh, you run 100 miles or less, it doesn't matter. You could run one mile. Join our Sat Stat Chat. That's on Saturdays. Come on to Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Tell us where you ran, how the weather was, and please include a sweet, sweet photo. For more information about this show, or you can watch the Run Millinocket movie, go to howisyourruntoday.com. Uh, you can also find us on uh, Strava as HowIsYourOnToday.com. Uh, and uh, really, the thing to do is go visit our sponsor right now. Say that we sent you. That, of course, is PathProjects.com. That's www.PathProjects.com for all your shorts, hats, shirt needs. Don't forget do the mention us. Do mention us when you buy stuff from PathProjects. They love it. Good day. Now I've now I've set the hundred miler keys thing out loud for like everyone to hear. Stupid. Does Lance make an appearance? I can't remember. Yeah. Lance Mallory. He grew up in Australia, but he lost the accent. I just ran a 10k. Lance Mallory. Hey. Hold on. <laughs> that didn't sound so good. That wasn't fun. You weren't making that no. fun. No, it was less than fun.